Hi, and welcome to Indie Star's Politics Podcast. I'm Greg Weaver, the Star's Politics Editor, and I'm here today with uh, James Briggs, our City Hall reporter, uh, Tony Cook, our State House reporter, and uh, Caitlin Lang, the State House reporter for the Evansville Career and Press. And we want to start out today by uh, looking ahead to Monday night's City County Council meeting, where the council is expected uh, to vote on uh, a measure that would impose uh, a new tax uh, for improvement of the city's transit system. Um, and James, I was just hoping you could fill us in a little bit uh, about that tax and what's likely to happen on Monday night. So this is the last step in what has been a long road. Uh, the City County Council on Monday is set to vote on a 0.25% income tax increase that would pay for expanded mass transit in Marion County. This is the same transit tax that was approved by voters in November. Almost 60% of county voters approved it in a referendum. And uh, there was a city committee vote last week in which uh, it passed 5-2, so this is the final step now. And if the council approves it, then people in October will see that income tax increase. If it passes, this money would support a very broad expansion of transit in Marion County that includes new buses, includes increased frequency for routes, new sidewalks, new shelters and bus stations. And also, another big piece of this is bus rapid transit, which is almost like a light rail type system for for bus lines. And uh, the first step in that is known as the red line, which would be a north-south route on College Avenue. So one of the points of contention as we approach this council vote has been the red line, because the expectation has been since last year that the federal government was going to be paid for the majority of this red line. The federal government gave the city a $75 million grant last year that was going to pay for the majority of it. But now under the Trump administration, there's been a lot of doubt raised about whether the city will ever see that $75 million. And if it doesn't, that could mean that uh, that this overall county transit plan is delayed uh, by a few years. Uh, you won't see uh, you won't see the types of uh, improvements to the existing bus routes for some time that have been planned because the money that is generated by the tax increase in the first few years would go toward funding the red line that was thought to be paid for by the federal government. So this, as we approach the council vote, this has been uh, sort of the rallying point for opponents of this transit taxes, this red line money. They're basically saying, yeah, it passed in referendum in November. Um, it got nearly 60% of the vote. But people were misled when they went to the polls because they thought they were supporting this very big, broad increase to the transit system. But instead, at least in the short term, that money would go toward building the red line. And so the, the, the opponents have tried to really make that their uh, the the issue with which to hit council members and try to encourage them to vote no on that. So that that's sort of uh, that, that's sort of the atmosphere surrounding this vote coming on Monday now. Yeah. Do you think um, the opposition has really taken hold, or is the uh, the the outcome from the referendum enough to? persuade the council to go ahead and, uh, and approve it on Monday night. So it seems like what we've seen, uh, and this came up during a committee hearing last week, it seems like that point of criticism gave some council members pause, uh, that, that point that the, the broad expansion for transit is going to be delayed by three years, basically. It seems like some council members uh, maybe hit pause a little bit and took a little bit more time to ask questions for Indigo, which is the city's transit agency. 
but um, it, it also seemed like based on the committee vote, which went 5-2 in favor of the transit tax, that the council members who had questions and concerns about uh, the red line funding and whether or not to support the transit tax if the city doesn't get that federal grant, it seems like their, their concerns had been addressed. And we haven't really seen any signs that any council members are going to oppose this transit tax just because of this new issue that's been raised over the red line. All right. Well, clearly this is an issue we're going to be following uh, on Monday. So be sure and, and uh, watch Indy Star for the outcome of the vote on Monday night. And James will be writing uh, live from the, the City County Council meeting. So now I want to turn our attentions uh, to the State House, uh, where uh, the Indiana Senate this week uh, kind of took a knife to a couple of um, uh, Governor Holcomb's key planks uh, on his agenda. Uh, and... Um, Although he did have some successes too, so we don't want to don't, don't want to overlook that. But Caitlin, can you talk talk to us a little bit about uh, the where the governor is having sort of a tough time in the Senate and getting uh, a couple of things passed? Yeah, it was um, you know so far this legislative session there hasn't been much opposition to Holcomb's legislative agenda, um, so it was kind of surprising this week when. Um, first, they the Senate um, voted down legislation that would have made the superintendent a public instruction and appointed position instead of an elected one, um, which Holcomb's plan was to make that uh, make that an appointed position. And this has been in the works for um, lawmakers are saying for 30 years, governors have been pushing for this to happen. Um, so that was the the first step. And then later in the week, a uh, Senate committee led by Senator Kinley, um, they proposed a slashing to um, the governor's proposed uh, the amount that the governor originally wanted to give towards pre-K funding this year. Initially, Holcomb wanted to double the amount for On My Way pre-K pilot program to $20 million each year. Um, and Kinley and the rest of the committee chose to only increase it by $3 million. So that would be a total of $13 million towards On My Way Pre-K. And then also he put in uh, provisions for an additional $3 million for some other Pre-K funding. But um, basically this is a pretty significant um, reduction in what Holcomb had originally planned. So both of those are two key points he's been sort of uh, hyping up this whole session. He talked about it in his state of the state and even some during campaigning. So, um, and both of those bills also were, um, similar forms of them were passed in the House. So now we can see some conflict sort of between what the House and Holcomb want and what the Senate wants. So, and uh, Tony, do you have any sense as to whether Senator Kinley is going to be willing to give it all on pre-K or is this this the position he's going to be stuck on till we get to the end of the legislative session. Well, you know this pre-K issue <clears throat> has always been um, there's always been sort of a philosophical difference between the Senate on one side and the House and the governor's office on the other side um, in terms of you know what is the value of pre-K? How much better does it equip? Does it equip low-income children for success later on? And the Senate. Um, just doesn't uh, seem to buy the argument that that's a valuable way to invest the state's money. Um, so I think there's a genuine philosophical difference there, um, and that's something that they're going to have to 
you know, ultimately come to terms with. At the same time, you know, this week was was the committee deadline, and early next week we have the deadline for bills to cross over from one house to the other. So it's sort of crunch time. And it's also that time when uh, lawmakers start establishing some bargaining chips that they will be able to use later in the session as the House and the Senate try to reconcile their differences uh, and as they both have conversations with the governor about what he's willing to sign or veto. And so, you know, there's that also that aspect that by withholding some of the money the governor and, and, and the House were seeking, you know, it gives the, the Senate Republicans a bit of a uh, some bargaining leverage, too. So, but um, the governor's also had some successes so far this, this session. Uh, he was able to get uh, a needle exchange program passed that would give counties the authority to uh, create those on their own. Um, He's going to get some sort of road funding plan uh, out of the General Assembly. We just don't know what form that may take. And uh, I guess it's easy to claim victory in a situation like that when you're, the governor himself has not been all that specific about what he wants. He just wants more money. Tony, do you have any sense as to where we're going to end up on road funding? Um, the House and Senate also seem to have some differences there as well. Yeah, and I think we talked about that last week. You know, there's um, some – the House has offered a – really specific plan that relies heavily on gas taxes and uh, would shift uh, some of the sales tax on gasoline, all of the sales tax on gasoline over to roads from the general fund, and then basically use a cigarette tax to plug that hole in the general fund. Um, And the Senate, uh, again, Luke Kenley, um, has expressed some reservations about that strategy. He's talked a lot more about tolling as an option uh, for raising money, noting that that would capture revenue from out-of-state vehicles that are using Indiana highways. So I think, you know, they're set up for a bit of a clash there, although we haven't really seen any specific proposal out of the Senate yet. They've taken a wait-and-see attitude, and uh, that House bill has now come over to the Senate, and so they'll have to start uh, saying you know, not just what they're against, but what they actually want to see in terms of revenue for roads. Holcomb has taken sort of a laissez-faire attitude towards all of this. Um, he's basically said, all, I'm keeping all options on the table. Um, but at some point, you know, he's going to have to step in and uh, especially as the House and the Senate try to reconcile their differences, you know, he's going to play probably a pretty key role in uh, putting his thumb on the scale of which version uh, he thinks is best for the state. So that's sort of what I would expect to see over the, the second half of the uh, session here. Um, one area where the House and the Senate and the governor's office seem to be pretty close to being on the same page is in fighting the, the state's opioid addiction problem. So, I mean, we've seen some bills come out of the Senate that address this problem. We've seen some bills come out of the House that that do as well. Um, Caitlin, can you talk a little bit about some of the things that we've seen so far? I know there's a like a drug czar and yeah, one of the uh, this is also one of the points that Holcomb touched on in his state of the state um, fighting the opioid problems. And he did create the drug czar position his first day in the office, um, and the House has. Um, approved funding for that in in their house budget that they passed this week Um, so it looks like for the most part they're they're pretty lined up on that and then also the house passed a bill uh, I believe it was last week that allowed for local governments to create needle exchanges without the approval of the state 
Um, so again, these are both things that the governor had wanted, um, and so far we haven't seen um, any real opposition on either of those things. Um, so as the as the budget bill passes over to the Senate, um, I don't think that they'll try to take out funding for the drug czar or anything like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch the budget bill, though, as it progresses. So, and uh, there also been, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 15 to 18 bills uh, in the Senate that address the opioid problem as well that have been moving. Senator James Merritt has kind of been leading the charge on that. So everybody seems to be, uh, you know, pretty strongly focused on doing something this session that addresses uh, what has become uh, a statewide problem. So these are all issues we'll be following uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, and we thank you for turning in to Indy Star's Politics Podcast.